0: Of AM 1420, the answer or Salem. Media. Days of RBC Wealth Management.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. I just noticed some snowflakes coming down. So uh, <laughs> why is it always St. Patrick's Day is coldest? Anyway, let's get uh, let's start thinking positively. Storms make trees take deeper roots. I think Dolly Parton said that, by the way. Gray skies are just clouds passing over, and I think that was Duke Ellington, by the way. And uh, learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. And then finally, he knows not his own strength who has not met adversity. <laughs> and it's the truth. But anyway, uh, so you know, we always talk about our webpage If you want to go there, uh, you know, I, I I talk a lot about uh, it simply because on the if you go to the bulletin board, it has. Rob Schleimer's stuff on there, and Rob is one of the best technical guys I know. And then uh, we also have uh, on our other page, uh, we have uh, uh, the—I'm sorry—the wealth wealth plan on there. But if you look on Insight, it's a banner across the the top. Uh, You can—it'll take you to a bunch of new research. Matter of fact, there's two new pieces on there this week. uh, It's—it's good stuff. If you want to get a hold of me, make an appointment talk about your portfolio, talk about a wealth plan. Uh, you know, I've been, been very, uh, well, I, I had a uh, talk with a young lady named Jessie, and I'll uh, discuss, discuss that in a second. But uh, you can also pick up our dividend growth portfolio or prime income list, uh, that type of thing. Uh, if you like it, just, you know, hit uh, contact me or email me, okay? Uh, you can also get on our newsletter, etc. So, Three things big things you need to know first expectations regarding fed hikes cooled at the end of last week all right um mar- markets are digesting the fall of silicon valley bank corp if you ask me <laughs> silicon valley bank corp was a uh, hedge fund just dressed, dressed up in drag okay i'm not allowed to, am i allowed to sit on air? <laughs> i don't know but uh that's that's my particular, and I'm going to discuss that in a second. Second, we saw signs of a broadening labor market deterioration. Last week's Challenger layoff data, that's pretty important, I think. And third, small caps underperformed large caps sharply last week, and this was due, you know, generally due to de-risking. Uh, but it's noteworthy that healthcare did more than their fair share uh, of work to put small caps down. Okay, so what I'm saying is healthcare stocks uh, in a small. Uh, small cap area really got beat up. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, what you know, what should the Fed do? The standard, uh, you know, conversations, the, the governors and the forecast of Fed, what they should do is raise a quarter of a point so they can blow something else up. <laughs> I don't know. Supposedly, that would say that they have, faith in the economy that they're doing the right thing. I say that's bunk. Uh, but that's okay. You know it, you know, but the, they're out to blow something up. They've blown a couple things up. Uh, they blow up FTX. And, you know, we talked about currencies back in the fall. Well what was Silicon Valley Bank Corp? Let's talk about that for a second. By the way, it's the live show, so if you have a question, the number here is two one six nine oh one oh nine four five that's Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Lenny will get to you. But the point is, is you know, there was three things that affected Silicon Valley. Number one, they had crypto. Crypto is not liquid, folks. Whether you like it or not, not liquid. It's hard to get in and out of. And, and uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, number two, they had they they helped a lot of Silicon Valley people get their Porsche or their new house or whatever it may be by taking in private stock, which is not liquid. (laughs) And then they made a big bet on mortgage bonds, okay, thinking that the Fed would pivot any minute now. And they haven't. Uh, So the Fed, you know, they got killed in these mortgage bonds and they became illiquid and and they're taking a bath in them uh, so much that the stock was at 700 two years ago. It's now at zero. It's not trading anymore. So, you know, will the fed blew that up, but those were all currencies. Okay. Crypto is a currency. The the private stock is a currency. The municipal, I mean the, 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 uh, uh, mortgage-backed bonds, Ginny Mays and Fannie Mays, you know, Fannie Mays trading at like 30 cents. Okay. So these things have, you know, they're currencies and they got things that, uh, basically they can't buy or sell, by the way, bonds are way down on the list. Uh, on dynamic asset level investing so so the core came above expectations this week uh, it accelerated actually last month but there was a couple things you have to take in number one the the actual labor participation grew pretty drastically all right so that's something to, to take into account so the look the CPI data because of the housing survey design, you know, will take some time to show up. So, just remember that, okay? And uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, look, post the, you know, we we had the Silicon Valley bank failure. First Republic's in trouble because they had a large municipal bond portfolio, okay? They're not very liquid either, okay? It's hard to get in and out of bonds. You don't buy municipal bonds to trade. You buy them for long-term investments. So, they're not very, very liquid, and they have big spreads sometimes. So, you know, and uh, and Signature Bank, <laughs> which Barney Frank was a member uh, of the board, uh, got beat up quite a bit, too. So, but some of them got taken down, and I think some of the larger banks may be good ideas right now. I, you know, uh, in my humble opinion, J.P. Morgan actually pushed people away this week Uh <laughs> And, and people like uh, you know, Morgan Stanley is more of a wealth management business, as is, you know, I, I sent something out on RBC to all my uh, people who are clients and also uh, uh, who are uh, on my mailing list uh, about how you know, strong we are. We're the 11th largest bank in the world, and I think that's very important. And our balance sheet is pristine. Remember, most of the Canadian banks, including us, we didn't even ask for TARP money during the financial crisis. Didn't even ask for it, okay? We didn't take it. We actually required people to take a 20% down payment on a house back then. So so now we see some, you know, the Fed are kind of, you know, what do we do now, okay? And people think this week they're gonna raise 25 basis points. I think that'd be crazy, all right? But that's, that's up to them and I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I do think it's gonna end the tightening cycle, that's for sure. You know that's my personal opinion. So, will there still be some aftershocks after that? Probably. Uh, look, I wasn't expecting a bank failure. I was expecting a currency failure. And in some cases, you know what Silicon Valley was doing was you know there was a currency. It was it was uh, they were taking in private stock to loan money out, and uh, that's going to hurt a lot of the the uh, the tech small tech and small biotech companies out there because they won't be able to. Uh, I, you know, pick up their Porsche if they want to. They'll have to wait till they come public. It'll be interesting to see if they ever come public. But look, the KRE, which is uh, the regional bank uh, ETF, was got 20% this week. Um, monetary po- policy is biting. Okay. So, will the Fed take their foot off the, the brake uh, and put it on the gas pedal? We'll find out. But I can tell you something that's. The NASDAQ 100 was up last week. Now, the small caps got beat up, but the NASDAQ 100 was up last week. So the growth stocks, people have just gone into the growth stocks because they have great balance sheets. They don't have any debt, and they usually have a lot of cash and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, it, it's there's going to be aftershocks. Count on it there's going to be other banks that they're going to question uh, I think the regional banks might be a problem although I think there's some opportunities out there there's some of those banks that are really good balance sheets and are very conservatively managed so we'll see what happens uh, but you know we also had credit Suisse come into it and uh, now there's talk with UBS going to buy them we, we don't know but we'll find out probably shortly but uh, uh, you know I, I looked at things technically and Right now, uh, the bullish percent, which we're going to discuss in detail in the third part of the show, was at 32, okay? So it was at 60, went all the way back to 32. It's the first time, though, I've seen we go into bull confirmed status, which, you know, got me kind of positive because we hadn't been bull confirmed status in almost two years. It lasted about a week. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, look, I'll go back to this barbell portfolio strategy that we talked, growth and value you got to have a little bit of both. You know, if you look at the growth forward PE versus valuation of value, uh, we're one sta- we were one standard deviation away from normal, okay, from average, I should say, uh, just a week ago. And now we're just a little bit above. Now, now if you look at the total return, uh, growth still ahead of value. So it'll be interesting to see how we go from here. You know, normally these guys go in. You know, if you have a straight line on a page and you draw a line straight up, that's what's been happening with growth. And if the line was straight down with value, and it was starting to turn the corner. So maybe it goes back. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But you know, growth does better when interest rates start to come down. So somebody's thinking that interest rates are going to start to come down. And if you look at the ten-year Treasury, it it went down half a percentage point over the week. So we were at four percent. We're now at 3.47. That's a big move down. I mean, there was a lot of money made and lost in the Treasury bond department. I guarantee you that on the 10-year and the 30-year. And actually, you know, we went back to the 5% area. Uh, you know, we were, I, I mentioned 5% CDs back in the fall, okay? We went to the 5% area last week and came down hard. And I bet you we we're not going to see 4% on the 10-year Treasury yield uh, for some time to come. Now, I'm not saying it's not going back there eventually, uh, because we have broken, you know, a downtrend line dating back 40 years. What I don't think we're going to do is go back to, to a half a percent or 1% either. But I think we're going to stay, you know, uh, in an area, you know, somewhere between two and Two and three and a half, probably. Who knows? But by the way, this is a good time to look for high quality dividend growth stocks. Some of them pulled back. I think that's a great opportunity. I keep talking this up, but, uh, you know, that's in in my idea, that's a very good idea. Now, look, fixed income had a tough month in that yields, when they go up, you know, the, the bonds go down. So we had another swing at 5%. It didn't hold. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, Though the Fed might not be quite done raising rates. They may do it one more time. But remember, the market anticipates that. That's what the, you know, the sell-off in rates were, okay? So we had a sell-off in yield, which meant the bonds went higher, okay? So that was good if you own the bonds. Uh, Now, look, if you're, you know, we have this thing we call the silver tsunami, all right? Which is a lot of people are getting older, and they want stuff that's safe. And I would—I suggested CDs were at five percent twice now, once back in October, and once again in the last two or three weeks. Uh, I bought a lot of them, and I'm—I'm uh, I'm seeing something change now. Okay, I, I think what you're going to have, by the way, the only risk you're going to have with those CDs is reinvestment risk. What do you do with them a year or two from now? You know what I mean? You know when they come due, but dividend growth. And prime income lists are a really good idea for you who are aging, or if you're in your 40s and you, have, you do dividend growth, it's a, I think it's a marvelous idea right at this point. Uh, when the market's down, that's, uh, you know, that's what you want to do. Look, I, I'm going to talk this again. This is a time when you need to have a plan. We talk about this wealth plan all the time you know what? I, I talked with two, two people this week. I've got some people who have not f- finished, you know, up their plan. But look, I can tell them. I can do I, I, if things change. OK, I can show them whether their you know, their plan is going to work. All right. I can give them a, you know, it's a 50 percent chance. There's a 70 percent chance. There's an 80 percent chance. There's a 90 percent chance. By the way, we figure in when we do this plan down years. Big down years in some cases, so it's a time. If there's ever been a time to have a plan, I I highly recommend it. I also recommend for those people out there that have numerous accounts out there, whatever, get the family inventory workbook. Okay, put all your life insurance, all your CDs, all your brokerage accounts, all your real estate into one place for your family. Believe me, they'll thank you for it. (laughs) Okay, so. What we've had uh, is with the collapse of Silicon Valley, um, a loss of confidence, okay, in the financial institutions. If you know anything about Silicon Valley, they were whining and dying people left and right. When that starts to happen, uh, you know you're in the wrong bank. <laughs> you know bankers are supposed to be conservative, very very conservative, uh, and we'll leave it at that. But the stress for us is. Uh, the, the stress fractures in the financial system came to surface again. All right. The Fed wanted things to blow up. They got them to blow up. You know, you look at the causes. We've had too much government spending, which caused inflation. The Fed panicked and raised rates five percentage points. We haven't seen that in a long, long time. So but this didn't happen overnight. And that's what kind of worries me about Silicon Valley Bancorp. they were asleep at the switch. (laughs) They kept thinking, oh, the Fed's going to lower rates, they're going to lower rates. That's not what they're saying. They're saying we're going to be higher for longer. All right? So there were some bad decisions by management teams, some corporate boards, you know, troubled firms that, you know, as Warren Buffett always said, you know, you can tell who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. Okay? Uh, And we'll leave it at that. So simple as that. But just remember, If you look at at all the recession dates going back to 1937, and you say to yourself, did the S&P 500 bottom before the recession ended, in all but one case, and that's March 2001 to November 2001, it did. So remember, the market anticipates things. So as bearish as you are now, the market may be turning. Okay. What, why don't we take a break? Uh, this, we'll be right back. As Like I said, if you have a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. All during
2: Lent, the lobster pot is featuring some of the greatest fish platters of the year, including fresh grilled salmon with cucumber dill sauce and your choice of two sides. Lake Erie perch with Great Lakes beer batter or sautéed with white wine, lemon, butter and capers served with French fries and house coleslaw. Great Lakes Dortmunder beer-battered Lake Erie walleye or broiled with lemon and panko breadcrumbs served with your choice of two sides, fresh, broiled wild Iceland cod loin with a buttered panko lemon crust with your choice of two sides. And get this, a Great Lakes beer-battered haddock platter with fries and coleslaw for only $19 on Wednesdays and Fridays. And that's a lot of food. And don't forget about Wednesday and Thursday night, $1 giant shrimp, and $2 oyster nights. So call the Lobster Pot now for reservations at 440-569-1634. That's 440-569-1634. Or go to lobsterpotrestaurant.com.
0: The secular crew is frustrated with a lack of communication. We've shot down three objects that are still unidentified, and the president, who did give a speech yesterday at some event, still has not spoken about it to the American people. The Secretary of Defense for China will not take the call from Lloyd Austin. What does that tell you? Tells you we are standing in the the world has gone down dramatically. And the lack of communication, including from Admiral Kirby and the rest of them, has just been horrific. Secular. Weeknights at 6. Right before Brandon Tatum at 7. On AM 1420. The Answer.
3: And Odyssey.
1: I've been a searching all this big, wide world. Now, oh, finally, I've and we're back, found my If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. And, you know, I um, I was uh, listening to Rob Schleimer this week. and Rob is our head technical analyst, and he is very good at what he does, by the way. And, you know, he... He, he is in a situation where... Um, Look, what we have is, right now, the technicals are are pretty oversold on a short-term basis. You know, look, I I think, you know, I've been talking about this sawtooth-type market, and uh, it's going to take a while. Bottoms are messy, okay? Especially when we've gone through what the Federal Reserve just put us through. I mean, they went from straight, we went from straight up in the market. Straight down, and uh, so the, uh, you take, you give us can take it away. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But I am starting to see the the, the momentum uh, things starting to turn up. All right, so we'll see what happens. But you know, it's been more the growth stocks. All right, so the Nasdaq was up last week. Just think about that. You know, you, you, the S and P five hundred got whacked pretty hard. The value stocks kind of gave it up, especially the industrials, which I've been talking about, and they've been holding up. Uh, they took it on the cuff pretty hard. But they, on a short-term basis, they are very oversold. So I'll see what's happening uh, from here. But the one thing I will say, if you take the 10-year Treasury yield and we go back to 2020 you know, when it hit the low, uh, we've broken that uptrend line, meaning that I don't think we're going back to 4% for a while, okay? Uh, and, and I think that's an important point. So, you know, if, if you haven't bought your CDs yet, I don't know what to tell you, but, you know, we, uh, the one thing I will say, the regional banks, uh, which have, you know, given back uh, most of what they've made in the last couple of years in a, in a week or two, are right at major support, so that's good. But I will say, you know, I, I said you've got to be careful with oil. Uh, and I've seen some fractures a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it, the oil, the expiration and production index has, has uh, broken its uptrend line. There's a lot of support coming up, though. So I think, uh, you know, you've got to pay attention. And I know some people who think that the oil is going to turn back around. I'm not, I can't say I'm 100% sure with that. I think that, uh, you know, once you break an uptrend line, you got to be more careful. So I'll be probably looking at my oil and exploration stocks uh, fairly carefully this week. The NASDAQ did break its downtrend line. And if you look at, you know, if, if I put the NASDAQ relative to the S&P 500, so I'm looking for relative strength here, it's very important. The NASDAQ has broken out. Now, the one thing, the one area that I I must admit occurred, which kind of, I wasn't expecting was the smaller healthcare stocks get kind of whacked. All right, so now, look, I look at the chart of the S and P 500 going back to 2000. Well, I, I go back to 2009. Uh, I, well, actually, if I go back to 2000, you know, but at 2009 we bottomed, and we're right where that bottom. You know, if I draw a line from each one of the higher higher lows, we're right there. All right, so. If we hold here, we're going to have a big, big rally coming in the fourth quarter, uh, beginning of next year, something like that. But remember, uh, you know, you're in a situation where uh, you know bottoms are ugly, they take time. But you know, I just, I just was reading some stuff. Berkshire Hathaway spent like seven billion dollars in the fourth quarter, and they, they spent a lot more money. Last week, you know, there was all sorts of people saying how much they were buying. But believe me, you know, if we're in this secular bull market and we go back to the bottom, which is 2009, from 2009 to the top, we'd be looking, you know, if it's like the all the other secular bull markets from 1835 on, about a 2300% move. A 2000% move would be somewhere around 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. Now, the, the ratio of the S P p 500 versus bonds has gone sideways, okay? So neither one of them are really showing a great relative strength uh, versus the other. Um, so it, it's a little bit more difficult. The weekly chart did do an undercut. Uh, remember, I said it broke its, the S&P 500 broke its downtrend line, which, you know, when you have a series of lower highs, you, you draw a line there. And now it's come back into that. So that's not a real positive thing. Uh, it is near major support. Uh, we'll see what happens, but remember, you know, we said several weeks ago that the bullish percent turned into a column of O's and we said risk is higher now. So the the bullish percent's at 32, remember under 30 is the green zone. Okay. We'll talk about that more in the, in the last part of the show, second to last part of the show, but the NASDAQ composite, uh, you know, it, it, It held where it needed to hold, (laughs) and the relative performance versus the S&P 500, on on a daily chart, it turned up. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, The Dow average came right to the downtrend line and held. So, the large caps held. The small caps did not, Uh, but they have major support. Uh, The Russell 2000 has major support um, around – let me just – the we'll call it the, the 1580 1600 area so uh, that that's something to uh, you know look at and I, I think it's it's pretty important that you, you spend some time looking at the charts because the charts are uh, kind of interesting at this point I think you know it, we'll, we'll see what happens but you know the money flow was into consumer discretionary uh, technology and utilities last week those are the three big areas where the money flows were and I, I think that's that's equally important. Now, I was kind of, you know, look. Uh, I talked to Jesse this week, and she said, you know, um, why are you always bullish? And I, I'm not always bullish. Remember, I came out and said uh, at the end of, I think it was the uh, third week in 2007, I said that the, I mean, uh, cash would outperform stocks, and I I spoke that way until 2009. All right, so. I'm not always bullish. Uh, one thing that, that, that I'm, I'm a little bit worried about is uh, I look at the PPO, okay? Uh, the, and there's a long-term, middle-term, and a short-term. And it, there's been a few times where, you know, all three are, are bearish, and this is one of them. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, David Keller has a great article about that this week, by the way. Uh, pretty smart guy. I uh, get his newsletter. Um, so, all three things are bearish right now. The PPOs. you don't know what a PPO is, you should <laughs> uh, look it up. Uh, but you know, that's something that worries me a little bit. Okay. So, if you want to hear some more stuff that worries me, uh, you know, uh, gold's breaking out. Okay. Gold broke out, which is very positive if you like gold. Okay. And I, Remember, I I recommended gold back in 2000, I think it was 17 or 18, and had a really big move. Um, And I stayed a little bit too long, but I still sold it. And I just bought some of it back uh, Friday, and I intend to buy a little bit more back. uh, But, you know, so I think people are doing a total risk off in their portfolio uh, because this, uh, you know, quote, unquote, banking crisis. Now, I would suggest that the banks, you know, I listened to Gerard Cassidy this week, who's one of the best analysts in the business. Um, and the banks are in pretty good shape. Uh, now, there are some that have done some stupid things. Uh, and, you know, like I said, you know, as Warren Buffett said, you can always tell who's swimming without a bathing suit when the tide goes out, and the tide went out. So, um, but there are some things, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Mary Ellen uh, McGonagall, uh, you know, she talks about the NASDAQ composite looking positive. Versus the S and P 500, which looks kind of negative. The, the, the Stowe's stochastic, uh, which are an overbought oversold situation, on the Nasdaq looked positive, on the S and P 500 looked negative, but they're pretty oversold too. So, uh, you know, there's there's reasons that we can be negative at this point. Uh, uh, but right at the moment, I think there might be a trade in gold. Um, now, uh, I I will probably not go out and buy physical gold because there's a big commission up front and, you know, where you can buy the GLD, which is basically the same thing. Uh, and so we're starting to see, you know, a, a positive uh, scenario there. So there, there's always a bull market someplace, and that's what, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about. Now, crude kind of collapsed last week, and we said we saw some negative things a couple weeks ago. As a matter of fact, I think I talked, I talked about it two weeks in a row. Uh, And I guess the question, will it move even lower? And it looks like to me uh, that you could have a a rally coming, but it's going to come later. All right. So let's take a break and uh, we'll be back. If you have a question, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned.
3: And bridges connect us to things we need and enjoy. It takes a lot of hard work and money to keep roads in good shape. Today, most of that money comes from Ohio's gas tax. As Ohioans drive more fuel-efficient and electric vehicles, people are buying less gas. That's great for our environment, but it means less money for road and bridge maintenance. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit ohioroadfunding.com. dot
0: Sponsored by Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station.
3: The street- Straight talk and hard work and do it right plumbers at Why It Works will unclog your drain for only ninety three dollars, or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Why It Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing with. Most of
2: the time, clog busting's all you need, Walla
3: doodle Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog, busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call Why It Works and consider it done.
2: License number 30185.
1: We're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, uh, and <laughs> I'm—I <laughs> lost my place on my uh, <laughs> computer. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, you know, I was looking uh, over uh, basically, you know, what the folks were saying out there this week, and you know, one of the things that the Fed did this week was in- inject liquidity. And I think that's kind of important. So, uh, uh, something to think about and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, well, let's put it this way. I, I think that what you you probably want to be doing is thinking, why are they injecting liquidity if they're going to raise interest rates? Right. Uh, that doesn't make sense, does it? Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, The the, uh, obvious move is, you know, to not raise rates this week, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, one of the things I I watch is um, the 10-week, very short-term indicator that our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with. It's called the uh, 10-week, 10-week for the S&P 500, I guess is what it is and it's the 10 week indicator tracks the percentage of stocks within a given universe trading above the 10 week or 50 day moving average uh while 18% right now that's a significantly low reading uh the indicator reached 2% in June and 4% in September last last year so it, it ain't over yet maybe but uh the the bullish percent did drop to 32 so uh, for the week so there's another thing that <laughs> Uh, I mean, we've basically gone from 68 to 32 in two weeks. Uh, And that was after turning up and going into bull confirmed status, which is, well, I tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And I know I've never seen that happen before uh, that quickly, except for 2010, where we went from bull confirmed status and two weeks later, we were in bear confirmed status. So, you know, look, all the indexes are in a column of O's. Risk is higher now. Now, I said we're at 32, uh, which is getting close to, you know, the 30. Now, let's explain what the bullish percent is. So the bullish percent was designed by a protege of Charles Dow. And what he did was he wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So he, he had a point-and-figure chart that went from 0 to 100. And when he got over 70, uh, it, it was too hot to handle, okay? And remember, that's where we were. We started in March of 2021. We were, we were at 80%. And we kept making series of lower highs with 60 as the base, and then it broke. The rest is history. Uh, now, what we've done is made a series of, of lower highs, but at higher lows. So we're making kind of a triangle pattern. But the point is, we're still at 32. Can it go to two? Can it go to five? You know, look, I've seen five. I've seen eight twice in the bullish percent. So we haven't turned. Never anticipated anticipators. anticipator. So What you want to do is if you're buying stuff, which is, you know, I I think okay at this point, if we're still in a structural uh, bull market that we're talking about. Uh, 1987 happened in a structural bull market. Remember that. 1990, when Saddam Hussein rolled into town, was in a structural bull market. 1998 was in a structural bull market. People didn't want to hear it then, okay? But the last two years of 88 and 99 were home runs. I mean, people... Made six and seven times their money. Okay, so you never get too bearish. Uh, there's there's always a bull market someplace. But in the meantime, you want to be more cautious. So if you're a 500 share buyer, buy 100 shares now. Buy if you're a 100 share buyer, buy 25 shares now. Okay, you know and and uh, you know look, many a money manager looks for bottoms, and usually they're rounded of some sort, and they buy a little bit at a time until they break out, and then they buy a lot. All right, so we're in a column of oaths. We're 32, which is close to the Promised Land. 30 is the green zone. That's where everybody's bummed out. Nobody wants to talk to me. Uh, and you know, and by the way, I haven't made too many outgoing phone calls lately, uh, which has been difficult because uh, I'm getting barraged by a bunch of people. And uh, you know, I, I realize they're they're upset, and uh, you know, I'm not exactly loving this, uh, but the point is is uh, you've got to take the emotion out of it, okay? And that's what people, if you're managing your own money, you've got emotion involved. My emotion is, to, is simply, hey, I don't like this, but, you know. Now, this week, uh, I looked at dynamic asset level investing. That's our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with, and they're the providers of uh, bullish percent, by the way, the keepers of the bullish percent. Uh Basic materials stayed on top, but lost some ground. Industrials lost a lot of ground. Uh, financials lost. They were number three on the charts. They're now number uh, six. Okay. The problem with ETFs is when they sell them, they sell all the, all the stocks in the ETF. So, you know, look, for years, they've had Visa and MasterCard as technology companies for financials. They moved them over to financials. They all got beat up. All right. Maybe it's a good time to buy them. Who knows? But what I thought was interesting was technology gained like 60 votes during the week. All right. Healthcare lost a couple more votes, but the larger healthcare did better than the smaller healthcare. So basic materials, number one. Industrial, still number two. Now, industrials gave it back. Okay. Some of the industrials gave it back this week, but they didn't give back that much. So, The consumer non-cyclical stayed big, and energy uh, lost uh, uh, quite a few votes, but the stocks held up. Okay, so actual oil sold off, the stocks held up, which means that means something. I'm not sure what it is. Obviously, the banking index got killed, the KBE. uh, uh, You know, if you look at versus the FDN, the the internet. Okay. you know, if I look at a relative strength basis, the FDN won big time. All right. The utilities uh, you know, if I looked at the banking index versus the utilities, the utilities won big time. Technology broke out versus the the financials. So if I looked at the XLK versus the RYF, they broke out. All right. So what's happened here is the NASDAQ one hundred was up this week. Everybody said, you know, past you know, uh, panicking, and and here's an index that's up. That's that's interesting. So the dynamic level, uh, asset level, investor sector sector ratings. Basic materials are still number one. Remember, uh, in that is precious metals. So precious metals were up, while some of them were down. Industrials won a couple votes, even though they got beat up a little bit. Consumer non-cyclicals, energy, and then tech. All right. Financials uh, were in third place. They're now in sixth. Uh, healthcare stays, uh, you know, picked up a little bit, but uh, fell back. There was a couple takeovers. see next got taken over. By the way, we talked about that stock at $3 a share on the show. Uh, it's going to be taken out at two twenty dollars $3 a share the insiders were buying. Uh, that was Bill Gates back then, by the way. Uh, but, you know, we did see some of the foreign stocks. Uh, Especially the emerging market stocks break their downtrend line. Uh, two weeks ago, this week they broke. <laughs> it broke back down in. So we're seeing a lot of that. Even the EFA broke a couple uh, double bottom this week. Uh, so uh, be careful with some of the uh, foreign stocks. Um, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna do all right eventually. But the two year Treasury yield index, uh, which got to five for the second time, uh, broke down hard. This week, so that's where the Fed will be affecting. You know, the six month, to two year is where the Fed will be affecting the yield curve if they start to lower. So people think that they're they're going to cut, okay, uh, which is interesting. Uh, so we'll find out a little bit more about that going forward. But uh, you know, if you're looking at bonds, that you know, floating rates still are number one. They lost a lot of ground this week. Okay. Uh, so n- remember, when yields come down, bonds go up. So um, it, it, it might be a bad time to be short bonds, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> and, and oil uh, is a negative trend, but gold is positive and it, it broke through some pretty big uh, uh, support. Now, oil is right where it's got to stop, it's got to hold. All right. Um, the XLE broke. Some big support uh, just last week, and uh, that, that's not good. Um, so, you know, if you look, uh, the, the break, oh, I think it uh, it was at uh, 72. If, if it were to break that, you know, the next support's like 69. So it might be a, a ways down there, right? So it, you, know, you got to be paying fairly close attention to that. Uh, now, look, uh, health care, we had like five or seven, I think seven deals last week. Now some of those are smaller healthcare deals, and I did notice that there was a big gap between, you know, Seattle Genetics. Is, you know, Pfizer put a 229 cash offer, and they're trading at 200. I would suggest somebody doesn't believe that. Now, V uh, uh, B, which is an, another small biotech, is a 25 dollars deal. Stock trades at 2450. So the smaller deals. They think they can get by through uh, the 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 uh, Justice Department. The Justice Department's been holding up a lot of deals. The Biden administration does not like takeovers. Okay, they do not like mergers. They don't like people getting bigger. Uh, that's their theme song. All right, but the two-year yield fell to, fell at its fastest pace in over 35 years in the last five trading sessions. That's a, that's a big move. Now, the U.S. dollar has begun to roll over with it, okay? Uh, So when yields pull back, you know, yields hold your your currency up. So with yields pulling back, the dollars pull back too. So I think maybe what you've seen is the peak in yields, uh, for the short term anyway. We'll see what happens going forward. But, uh, you know, that's something to pay pretty close attention to, I think, uh, simply because, you know, uh, if yields come down, uh, that may be the trigger to get the market to bottom, all right? Um, look, the S&P 500, their breakout attempt failed. It's not positive, folks, okay? The bullish percent is down one area where, you know, another 5 6% they could bottom, who knows? But uh, energy is turned down again. So some of the stuff that led the way last year is getting beat up. Uh, technology... Looks to possibly stall out a little bit here, but you know, it, it was up last week. Microsoft finished Friday up, okay? Uh, so I, I think the key outperformers were in tech and some of the energy stocks, okay? Uh, and some of the healthcare stocks. Uh, you know, like I said, I own quite a bit of uh, uh, Seattle Genetics, you know, from way back when. <laughs> I, re- I recommended it on the show when I could do that type of thing at a much lower level. So uh, it's something that it's something to watch because they're very cheap at this point. But let's take a break. Uh, the number here is two one six nine oh one oh nine four five. Two one six nine oh one oh nine four five. Stay tuned.
2: Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com
3: listen to this station anytime anywhere on odyssey odyssey is your new audio home for all the music news sports and podcasts that matter to you odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire at rbc wealth management we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. the Okay.
0: be a big shot, We're back. Now we talk about insiders
1: and and I just say that insiders have been buying like crazy. So with all this disarray out there, why are these guys buying? That's something to, to think about. But uh, anyway, you know, insiders know their companies better than we do. And number one, number two, uh, uh, they're usually early. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, this is an interesting one, GitLab, uh, which is a software company. Uh, there, there's a group, uh, a 10% group, that bought into these guys. Uh, they had a disappointing earnings announcement. Uh, actually, forward guidance was disappointing. But these guys stepped up and bought $12 million worth of stock. And the same group, it's uh, GV2021 is what they're called. It's an LLC. Also bought uh, Google. They bought $12 million worth of Google, and then two days, uh, a day later bought another $6.8 million worth of Google. And they bought both Google and Google L, which I thought was uh, interesting. They bought both of them, and Capri Holdings, which just got wiped out. It was like 70 bucks uh, in early February. It's Now 42. Uh, they they just creamed the stock. Uh, the CEO and chairman bought 9.9 million dollars worth of stock. There we go. And then we have Orion Specialty Holdings, which is a retailer uh, insurance specialty. I think uh, Patrick Ryan, who's the CEO stepped up to the plate after the stock got beat up and bought $7.7 million worth of stock. And uh, Global Water Reserves, which was a $14 stock, now a $12, $12.70 stock. At $13.50, a former director uh, bought $7.3 million worth of stock. And I forgot to mention that that same group uh, bought GitLabs twice. They bought another $6.8 million of GitLabs a day later too. Now, here's a couple interesting ones. Stagwell, uh, which is an advertising company, we had a director uh, buy $5 million the stock after it got beat up. Uh, you know, the stock was at uh, $9, now six fifty, and he stepped up to the plate. And then uh, Atlas Energy Solutions, which is a new issue, uh, we had uh, Ben Bingham buy $5 million worth. And then Schwab got beat up, and, and Walter Bettinger, who's the co-chairman and, and uh, CEO, bought $2.9 million with the stock. And then Guardian Health, which has been really beat up, it was fifty dollars stock and now twenty four. Uh, that the uh, co-executive uh, CEO he bought two point two million. And then uh, Pershing Square Capital bought two million dollars worth of Howard Hughes Corp. And then we had uh, Stephen Ellis, who's also a director at uh, Charles Schwab, buy two million dollars on the fifteenth. And then we had, I mean, uh, we had we had a lot of banks. New Mountain Finance Corp. Was was thirteen dollars now twelve. We had uh, Steve Klinski bought a million dollars four days in a row. Uh, you know, $1 million dollars worth of stock that's not jump change. Uh, we also had a couple of names that uh, Centene Corporation, which has been beat up, it was eighty five dollars stock now sixty five or sixty two. I'm sorry. Uh, we had the uh, chief executive officer buy a million dollars worth. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. And Howard Hughes Group, uh, Pershing Square bought twice. Uh, so they, they bought quite a bit both times. And then we had, um, you know, things, Guardian Health, we had several, you know, buyers of that too. Uh, uh, we had the, the co, uh, co-CEO, uh, he, he bought, uh, $2 million two days in a row. So, um, you know, a lot of these people, I mean, there's just lots of buying and it, it's, uh, you know, Charles Schwab, we had another guy buy $200,000 and then another gentleman buy, uh, mm-hmm. when it was. 296,000. And, uh, you know, these guys are the guys running the company. So, uh, these are directors. These are people that, you know, the CFO actually stepped up and bought some stock, uh, president bought a hundred thousand dollars with the stock. So we're having a, a lot of people, uh, especially in the banking industry, PNC, we had a gentleman, uh, quite a few buyers and, uh, and then we had, uh, service first bank corp and, uh, first internet bank corp, you know, uh, a lot of banks, uh, you know, uh, Veritex Holdings, which is a bank. You know, so the insiders are not convinced that these companies are going belly up. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's, that's my point, and I'll uh, try to keep my mouth shut from here on in. But anyway, the the, the point is is that you, what you have is a lot of people out there uh, uh, buying. You know, it's simple as that. They're 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 buying and they're buying big and. Uh, that's something that you think about, you know. Uh, now they're long term oriented, so are they going to buy the absolute bottom? Who knows? But, you know, pay close attention when there are that many buyers. And by the way, I have four pages worth of buyers today, and I'm not even going over half of them. So if things are so bad, why are the insiders buying them? I know, and there's numerous buyers, and there's a lot of hundred, two hundred thousand 200,000 share buyer, uh, dollar buyers that uh, I'm not talking about. So, anyway. Let's talk about the cycle, all right? We're at the bottom of the uptrend that dates back to 2009, and we're holding, all right? That's the good news. The bad news is, you know, the, the Fed uh, has caused a disruption in the force. I think they had to because of what, you know, Washington has done. Uh, Washington spent like, uh, you know, uh, like I said, Paris Hilton with an unlimited credit card, okay? So as long as they continue to do that, uh, and by the way, if you saw President Biden's new uh, budget, it's more of the same. I don't think that's going to get too far, but more of the same. But look, uh, if we look at these generational cycles, the last 16 to 18 years, we just started the cycle probably in 2016, late 2016. So we probably have at least five or six more years. Now, we did... Go a little crazy in 2020 and 21, right? So what we're doing is we're paying for that. But remember, we had in the last grand bull market, we did have 1987, we're down 25% in a day, okay? We had 1990, we had 1998, the Russian ruble crisis. 1990, by the way, was the Saddam Hussein pulling the town. Also, in 1983, this was after 1982, you know, the, the burst in the market. Uh, we had 1983 where all the small caps got killed. So don't get too bearish right at the moment. All right. I'll, I'll let you know if we're, we're in that mode, but remember this repetitive four year cycle is within that 16 to 18 year cycle. And we, we went a little overboard in 2020. So what we're doing is we're pairing, preparing for the next move up. And I think that'll happen in the latter part of this year to, uh, uh, early 2020, but uh, if you look, the momentum figures that we're looking at right now are extremely oversold. As a matter of fact, I can go back to 1998, and I haven't seen them this oversold. Even in 2020, uh, 20, you know, 2009 and 2002 and three, I didn't see them this oversold. Now they were very overbought before this, so you know, we talked about that in January of last year. Uh, so that's something you know you got to pay attention to but what i'm seeing is more stocks participate okay uh, on the upside and more stocks holding all right however the indexes are getting beat up a little bit uh, at least the, the S&P 500 and the Russell 2000 the Dow's held and like i said the Nasdaq was up last week the Nasdaq 100 okay so we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it uh, positive am i positive no, the bullish percents in a column of votes. So you want to be more defensive right now. But the dividend growth portfolio, a wealth plan, if you had a wealth plan right now, I could just plug it in and say, hey, you're still going to retire well. OK, that's what we do. You know, we have the ability to go into playground, take your wealth plan with us, and say, hey, maybe we have to make these changes. Maybe we're OK. Maybe we're in good shape. But I think it's a really good time for a wealth plan, and also to get financially organized with a family inventory workbook. In the meantime, dividend growth and prime income list portfolios are perfect. You know, when yields were up, they beat those stocks up a little bit. Great time to buy them. Uh, You know, as I said many a time here, uh, if you're a company, a small company, you might not be putting as much away as you possibly could uh, because, your, your retirement plan isn't as well designed as it could be. You know, we work with the guys at Dunham and ben, uh, Dunbar and Benham Dunbar and Bender, sorry, Saturday, and that's to be a really good time to take a look at those things because if the more you put away that the government can't touch, the faster it grows. By the way, I mentioned the dogs of the Dow earlier this year. They're up. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. In the meantime. Uh, have yourself a wonderful week. Uh, don't forget to go to my web- webpage. If you go to WHK1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. It'll take you right to my webpage. Uh, you can see Bob Schleimer's work under uh, the uh, bulletin board and under Insight has a lot of good research. The two new pieces this week. Have a great weekend. It looks like it's snowing hard now. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, buy low, sell high.
3: Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. The
0: preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.